Hey, Megan, it's me, Mitch. I am just calling to say that I got the cardboard box that you left on my porch full of my belongings, which I appreciate a lot. I've been, I was looking through it, and um, it seems to have everything in here. Uh, my Nintendo 64 controller, my Toad the Wet Sprocket pullover, which I honestly I thought I'd lost. I was wondering where that was. Everything looks good. I, uh, the only thing I can't find in here is my heart. Which maybe you lost, or maybe it's hard for you to find because it's in one million pieces, Megan! Welcome to OneWord.com's podcast. Each episode revolves around one word, and today's word is lost. Well, if it's lost, then we probably need to find it. Brian, I mean, what's the point of starting a David, that's podcast? That's, oh, it's lost. It is lost. Yep. Thank you for clarifying. Everybody, the word is found and it's lost. Three, two, one. Go. I think lost is subjective. I was literally lost in Manhattan trying to find a Whole Foods when I went into labor with my first child. And I got a whole new person from that experience. The world can be disorienting. We lost our sense of direction. It's kind of what we're all born into, right? We're lost here on this planet. Figure out where you are and what your North Star is. I mean, we're trained from a young age to always be looking for something. And as a result, it seems like our default setting is kind of lost. My daughter often thinks that I get lost when I drive, but I don't consider it being lost. I just sort of find it to be a new way to get somewhere. And sometimes it's a new way to get somewhere new. Letter writing is a lost art. If you're one of our listeners, you're probably old, honestly. You probably you just probably are. And you probably remember a time when you were in school and you didn't have a cell phone. You couldn't even imagine a cell phone. And you had to write notes to people. It by hand, using paper. And I'd get all stressed out. I'd be like, what kind of idiot writes their T's like that? It's so, I gotta start over. Dear Tracy. Yeah, that's a better T. You looked cool today and third period. I like your flower hat. Where's this going, David? Do you want to see Mighty Ducks with me and my mom? Permission to record? Okay. Do you have any stories about being lost? Like at the store? Anywhere. I just thought if you ever been lost and you're actually like, it was like the dumbest question I've ever asked because it was so common in your life. Yeah, well, no, I'm lost all the time. Right, but like, what do you mean? <laughs> Can I think about it for a minute? All right, let's come back to it and back to it. I'm sorry, Brian, Jackie's lost in her train of thought. <laughs> I think of the time I lost my favorite hat. 
I think I was maybe in fifth grade and I had this multicolored neon hat and it said rad on the front and like this cursive 80s font. It was so dumb, but it was pretty much my trademark. And one day at recess, I'm working on my sick break dancing moves with my friends and a gust of wind yanks my hat off my head and I go running after it, but it just keeps going and going. And then it goes over the fence. I climb the fence and I look everywhere. I mean, how hard could it be to find a neon hat? But um, it was nowhere to be found. I was devastated. But after a few days, I got over it. Then fast forward to maybe three weeks later, and this boy uh, comes up to me before class and he says he has something for me. And what does he pull out of his backpack? You guessed it. And we're still together to this day. Not really. But I did get my hat back. Oh, hey, this is Liz coming at you from just outside of a medical center here in Utah. I came in briefly for some testing and they gave me one of those hospital wristbands and I lost it like within honestly less than 60 seconds. I have no idea. I looked everywhere. I retraced my footsteps and I did not find that hospital wristband, but maybe someone else will. And um, they can call me because all of my personal identifying information is on it. L. Lost. O. Octopus. S. C. T. Tax. Tax. I was lost at sea. And the octopus came to me, and he said, Where are your taxes, so that you can remain at sea without being gobbled up by the ancient alligator shark? I said, I have nothing on me to offer you, King Octopus. And the octopus said, That will never do. And he ate me whole. The ancient Greek myths in the underworld, when the uh, heroes would die and go to the underworld, they would have to... After they crossed the river Styx, then there was this other river called Lethe. And Lethe would sort of make everybody lose all their memories. And so that's why when they're reborn again, they don't remember anything. And I think it's a really interesting explanation of humans having this lost sense of origin. Like, we have no idea where we came from. We're totally lost creatures. I guess there's a whole religious aspect to that thing. You know, there's the old stories that rose up about us being lost out in the desert and needing shepherds to guide them. The metaphors are, are all over the place. I feel like the word lost is thrown around a lot in like religious contexts. Like I once was lost, but now I'm found or the prodigal son. The prodigal son was not lost. The prodigal son was the only one who busted a move and broke the cycle and got out of the family shepherd business. And I'm sure his dad, deep down, whether he showed it outwardly or not, was so proud of him. And that's why he got the royal treatment when he returned. And I'm sure he was just visiting and went back to Rome afterwards. But it got twisted to fit someone's narrative. Anyway, that's my conspiracy theory about the prodigal son. Another lost art is 
the art of keeping yourself entertained in the backseat of a car on a long road trip with you and your sister. You don't have a cell phone or an iPad. You have to come up with these stupid games. They're not even fun. They just have a vague amount of structure to them. It's just something to grasp onto so you don't lose your mind. Like, we're going to point out every sign we see with, with a word that starts with the next letter in the alphabet. And, you know, things are going pretty well until you get to, like, J or, heaven forbid, Q or X. And then the game's just over. And then you play Punch Buggy, which is a, the dumbest game. The dumbest game is Punch Buggy. You see a beetle and then you punch your sister. Who came up with that game? I'm a huge Tom Waits fan, and I love his album and song Rain Dogs. And so I I researched what Rain Dogs means. And it's a really sad story, but it's basically about dogs who get lost in the rain and can't find their way home because the rain washed their pee trail away. And so there's all these like lost and homeless dogs because of the rain. Oh, so devastating. So anyway, I have this idea for lost and found cats and dogs. There needs to be a main website. And when you find a lost cat or dog, you post it on this website. Or when you lose your cat or dog, you post it on this website. The website is like lostandfoundcatsanddogs.org. And it's in every city and it's in every state and everyone knows about it. You know, because not everybody's on Facebook or, you know, Nextdoor app or whatever, like all the, you know, different means people use when they go through this horrifying experience. So I think that the world would be a better place if there was just one simple place that we all go to when this occurs. Thanks for listening. Good morning, congregation. Unless you've been living under a rock, you are probably aware of some of the allegations that have been surfacing regarding me and some of my extramarital activity and my proclivications towards the drugs of the crystal methamphetamine varietal. And I am here to say that I have undergone a rigorous rehabilitation regimen and I am on my way to salvation. I once was lost. And now I'm safe. Sometimes we need to get lost to find a better version of ourselves. Being lost shakes our status quo. It pushes us to look at our environment and at ourselves and find a better path. Think of all the books and movies where people are lost somewhere. They always come out better at the end. The entire premise of the movie Labyrinth is being lost. Jennifer Connelly gets to meet David Bowie and the Muppets at the end of the movie. She benefits from being lost. When I saw the word lost, I thought of the hit show on ABC Lost and it just made me very nostalgic for like the pre-streaming days the pre-binge watch days um I would only watch it at my job 
and this was in my 20s when I wasn't trying to get home after work so much and was more trying to hang out after work. And um, I worked at a very fun design studio and we would all conglomerate in the back room, make our drinks, we'd smoke cigarettes inside and we would just watch Lost and we would talk about it for hours after we would talk about it the next day. It was just a really fun time. I heard that during the first season of Lost, the fans pretty much figured out right away that the whole show's premise was that this plane full of people had crashed and they died. And then the souls found themselves in purgatory or heaven or whatever it is. And that that gets like revealed over the course of the entire series, like towards the end of the series. And the fans picked up on it right away. And this is like, what, like 2006, something like that. So the internet's been around for a while, but certainly information spreading a lot faster. And there was so much uh, manpower uh, behind all these fan theories that they sort of beat the writers to the punch. And then the writers felt this pressure to outsmart the fan theories, which would explain why they just kept on introducing weird, unexplainable shit and just ruining the show season after season. I loved that first season. I thought that first season was just magical. And every season after i just felt like just sucked so that's my hot take on lost if you're an artist just because an audience can kind of tell where something's going it doesn't make it not valid that's what foreshadowing is it doesn't ruin the story it's still going to be satisfying you can still realize the vision in a creative and fulfilling way just let it unfold i think of the tv show lost which I'm not an authority on since I didn't make it past the pilot. But I also think of a show called Land of the Lost, which was a Saturday morning TV show I watched as a kid. And it was about like a family who was river rafting and there was this earthquake and they end up going down this waterfall, which takes them into another dimension or back in time. And there's dinosaurs and there's these weird lizard people called sleeve stacks that used to scare the shit out of me. And you had this like monkey friend named Chaka. That's about all I remember about it. But I highly recommend looking up the opening sequence on YouTube to experience some of the worst CGI that you've ever seen and the worst theme song you've ever heard. I wrote a song once called Los Angeles. It was about moving to Los Angeles without a plan and getting into a few adventures along the way. Then eventually, Los Angeles becomes Lost Angeles. And uh, there's a, a line that says, this is not how I remember us. The whole world was ahead of us. But there is nowhere further west because the world ends in Lost Angeles. So that's about uh, about a lot of things, but I guess it's about the uh, losing the illusion, a lost sense of the dream. Some years ago, I just moved to Los Angeles and I went to a party that I did not want to go to. I just had a bad feeling and I should have trusted that feeling because at this party in Los Angeles, I uh, was roofied. Um, And my instinct was to try to make it home on foot as, as quickly as possible before it took great effect and I did not make it um, I remember waking up and recall vaguely 
being jumped, and recall vaguely being struck by a car that drove off, and recall with frightening clarity the sound of my teeth breaking. And when I woke, I put my hand to my mouth and I was missing my four front teeth, or at least the vast majority of the four front teeth. I went to the hospital, went to emergency dental surgery, and uh, my face was in such shape that they could not fit me with temporary teeth, which is just a terrible thing to even have to think about. But um, a week later, I was convinced to go to a Halloween party. And by the end of the evening, I had gotten a job with a well-known entertainment magazine, even though I'd never been a journalist before. And this particular magazine would send me out on interviews and my face was still healing. So they would send me to interview people that uh, (laughs) were both beautiful and famous. I believe the first one I did was with a woman who had made a career of running around slow motion in a red bathing suit. And to her credit, she did not notice my face. In fact, I don't think she registered me at all, besides the fact that I was interviewing her. I recall interviewing a an icon of the news industry. It was being honored for a Lifetime Achievement Award. And the man took one look at me and sloppy haircut that I had and the screwed up face and the broken teeth that I was desperately trying to hide from him. And he asked, tell me again what outlet you're from? And then the man took pity on me and basically interviewed himself in front of a group of people who applauded me for my incredible interviewing skills, despite the fact that I did very little. But I think the best one was one of the last interviews before I got fixed up with teeth and it was with a rock band that was very popular during the time. And the interviews were going really well. It was at their record release party. So they would bring one guy to me after another. And I was confident because it was dark enough where they couldn't see me. I wouldn't have to tell the story again of how my face and my mouth were the way that they were. And they were bringing the last guy, the one I was supposed to get the key interview with. And I popped a tic-tac in my mouth and I was feeling good. And I thought it was going so well that I, was, I got a little overconfident. And I started to have a little too much fun with the process. And as things were wrapping up, I said something that I thought was funny, which fell flat, which to me made it even more funny. And I laughed and I learned very quickly that when you laugh uncontrollably, but you're trying not to laugh, it's just a gust of air. When you have no teeth, you have a tic-tac in your mouth. You become a blowgun. And so I watched as the tic-tac shot across the table and struck my interview subject directly on the neck and then stuck there for a frightening moment. And he jumped up and the PR person jumped up and I had to explain that I did not spit on him. And my explanation included stepping into the light and showing them my face and then my teeth and explaining to them that it was a tic-tac. It was an errant tic-tac. You know, and I could quote Marcus Aurelius. I could go and think about the uh, etymology of the word lost, its proto-Celtic origins. Or I could just quote the great British philosophers, Chumbawamba. I get knocked down. I get up again. You ain't never going to keep me down. One time at a karaoke bar, this guy was singing and he was super animated and he fell off the stage and he stood back up and he kept singing. But we all started kind of looking at him because you could tell like his tooth was missing. 
which I hadn't been missing before. So, you know, we had to turn all the lights on, like when someone loses a contact. And um, as it turned out, it was still in his mouth. It had just shoved all the way back up into his gums. So while he did lose it, he didn't. He still had it. Hello, this message is for Jeff, a.k.a. Karaoke King. Uh, I don't know if you remember me. My name's David. I sang karaoke on Friday night at the Magenta Banana. And uh, I sang, you've lost that loving feeling. And when I uh, got off the stage, you said, what a, you said, what a, you said, call, you said, what a dynamite performance. And I just, I've been thinking about that all weekend. And I just, I want to know if you think that I have what it takes. I was at Disneyland with my grandma and she was in the early stages of dementia, Alzheimer's. And I was the only one that recognized it. Like my family, my parents, they were like, oh no, she'll be fine. She'll enjoy going with us. And so we go to Disneyland and we wanted to go on Splash Mountain. And my grandma was like, Jackie, can I go on this? And I'm like, no, I don't think so. It's a big drop. So she found like a a bench to sit on. You don't know that the ride's gonna be that long because you think you're getting to the ride, but you're getting closer and you're not. They trick you. Well, it's been like a good hour and a half. And we come out and we can't find my grandma. And so we're like, well, this split up. So we're walking around. We don't have cell phones. And so some of us go to the entrance, some of us go back by It's a Small World. And all of a sudden we see like a worker, one of the Disney sweepers, and they have my grandma. And I'm like, grandma! And she goes, I thought you left. I was on my way back to the hotel. She was going to leave the park, and some nice Disney worker, like, told her, no, you better just wait here. Well, it's a good thing she didn't run into, like, one of the characters, because they can't talk. Goofy, my man. Hey, hey, what's wrong, buddy? Well, gosh, (laughs) I think that by following our no-talking rule, I may have been instrumental in the death of someone's grandma. Wow, that's heavy. Yeah. You gonna finish that California roll? Of course! (laughs) Cool. In the neon lit city of Never Found, Pete the Pigeon embarked on an epic quest to find the elusive Lost Park. Dodging hover taxis and outsmarting squirrel cartographers, Pete's adventure was a whirlwind of excitement. As the sun set, he stumbled upon a magical, forgotten part of the city. With a triumphant coup, Pete realized he hadn't just found the lost park. He discovered a secret world within Never Found, proving sometimes getting lost is the best way to find the most extraordinary places. One of my favorite songs, and I used to actually perform this when I would host carnivals in my backyard as a child, is I would dance to Cookie Monster's classic lost my cookie at the disco and nobody wants to lose their cookie at the disco and also is that a euphemism sesame street speaking of um i remember when i lost my virginity it was quite anticlimactic i don't think i've ever heard anyone tell a positive, amazing, romantic story about losing their virginity. It's always this 
cringe, awkward train wreck. And that that was my story for sure. And that's about as far as I'm going to go in the details. An awkward, cringe train wreck. What were you listening to when you lost your virginity? Give me that A-list. Welcome back to What Were You Listening To When You Lost Your Virginity. I'm your host, David Harris. And I, I just want to tell everybody that college radio is not, it's not an easy game, folks. I need you guys to call in with your stories about what you were listening to when you lost your virginity. This show just doesn't work if we don't have callers. It's a pretty simple premise. You tell me what you were listening to, and then I play it. And maybe it's going to put some of you in the mood. I don't know. I've never, I I have, you know, as uh, if, you, if you're a long-term listener, or even if you've only been listening as up to a few minutes ago, you know that I have not yet lost my virginity. I'm, I'm working on it. It's part of the, the concept behind this show. I want to know if the music choices influence your success. So I, well, I know some of you are having sex on this college campus. I know it. I know it for a fact because I can hear it sometimes in my dormitory. And I just want to know what is it, what it, you know, what's it like? What were you listening to when you lost your virginity? I do like a uh, good old fashioned lost and found because I've worked several places and many of them have a lost and found and it's really fun, I think, to just sort of see some of the things that come through and wonder about the life that they've left behind, you know, the person those glasses no longer belong to, or the shoe, that one shoe, usually it's like a toddler's shoe or a baby's shoe. And you wonder, gosh, is their foot cold? And then you just hope that maybe they'll find it. Mom? Yeah. Okay. I was wondering if you could tell me the story of um, the time that I got lost at the grocery store. Oh. <laughs> um, this was the Smith grocery store in the avenues in Salt Lake. And you were like oh, two years old. It was in... In the late afternoon, and I went there to do some quick shopping, and then all of a sudden, you were gone. And so I looked and looked, and then I, I went to the different areas, and then I found the counter that had all these wrapped blocks of cheese. And I looked at the cheese, and there were little bite marks all along the row of the cheese. And then I looked and you were at the end of the row and I thought, oh my gosh, I didn't have the money to buy all that cheese. And so I just grabbed you and we left really fast. Um, you were really, really hungry and you loved cheese. <laughs> I still love cheese. <laughs> I had a completely losing season of basketball when I was in the fifth grade as a Parkway Patriot. We lost every single game of the season. And at the end of the season, uh, my coach, he gathered us around in sort of this like post-mortem. And he said, I, I want all y'all to know that I do not blame any of y'all for this. This is my fault. 
I take all responsibility for this. And uh, it was disturbing to me to watch this grown man sort of like abase himself, humble himself so much for all these kids. And I remember taking, this wasn't totally your fault, dude. Like, I didn't hustle. Come on, dude. You saw me. I didn't exactly like play defense or try to get rebounds. Like, don't beat yourself up, man. I remember playing in those games and I I would just be thinking about what flavor of Gatorade I'm going to get after the game. Toxic berry mist or blue purple rush. Blue purple rush. Man, I love that. Like that's where my head was. I wasn't thinking about how to win. And my mom said that she was on a hike like a couple of years later. And on the path was that coach. And when he saw her, his face got like red and he kept apologizing for it. He was still two years later. Like, I'm so sorry that happened to y'all. It's like, man, you got to let that go, dude. Fifth grade basketball. It's not even about winning. It's about, you know, having something to do while your parents are still at work because they can't come pick you up yet. Tis better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all. Well, Alfred Lord Tennyson, you were in the 1800s when there wasn't Instagram where you had to make a fake account and go watch a play-by-play of your ex with his new girlfriend in Florence. Uh, Not that I've ever done that, but I've heard people do that. I got to go. Dropping is kind of a cool concept if you haven't heard of it. It's a Dutch tradition for usually teenagers. Their parents just drop them off in the middle of the forest during the summer, like just on a weekend or something. And then the whole idea is that the kids are supposed to find their way back. It's intended to teach them navigation skills and probably confidence. I like it because I think it helps people to become unlost, if you will. You know what else is a lost art is having a different opinion than somebody else and voicing it through a discussion. That is off the table now with the internet. It is all out war. Everything is all or nothing. You're either right or completely wrong and you do not deserve to live. Quite a few years ago, we were living back in Minnesota. We had a little house and a big yard. And part of this yard had a gazebo and a hot tub and a big rock garden. One day, my husband was weeding in this rock garden and a weed stabbed him in the finger. And he was like, ah, and his wedding ring went flying off of his finger somewhere into this giant rock garden. We could not find his wedding ring anywhere. And we shared a fence uh, with a neighbor who was pretty unique. At one point, we had the SWAT team in our backyard because someone had called the police department saying that there was a naked shooter in the woods behind our house. And it turns out it was my neighbor's boyfriend himself who called the police on himself. He was the naked person with the gun. My neighbor found out that we had lost Mike's wedding ring and she was like, my boyfriend has a metal detector. He will come over and he will find this for you. So he swept the entire rock garden for us and he did find the lost wedding ring successfully. I think I was a little humbled that day and um, just realized that despite some people's decisions, sometimes doesn't mean they can't be a hero. 
Thanks to everyone who joined in, including our new co-host, David Barton Harris. Liz and Jackie in Salt Lake City. Steven Martini in Los Angeles. Kat in Los Angeles. Hi, Kat. Danielle in Ashburn, Virginia. Paris in Leesburg, Virginia. Emily in Fruta, Colorado. Ava in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Mia in Austin, Texas. Regan, somewhere in Texas. James in Eugene, Oregon. And Brandon and Eloise in Portland, Oregon. With a special guest appearance from my mom in Salt Lake City. Hey, please rate and review us on Apple Music or Spotify or, or wherever you're listening to this. Uh, please give us five stars. It, uh, so, hold on, let me let me rephrase this. Please rate and review us only if you plan on giving us five stars. And if you plan on giving us less than five stars, don't rate and review us. Do something else like unload the dishwasher. I mean, how long have those dishes been in there? To be a part of a future episode, go to podcast.oneword.com. Until next time. Word up. Attention composers. We here at CBS are launching a brand new game show called The Price is Right. And what we need from you is the perfect sound cue for when a player loses. We're accepting all submissions as long as they are written for the trombone because we all know the trombone is the instrument most closely associated with failure.